This is the Private Practice Workshop Podcast with John Clark, episode 22. Today's show is sponsored by Unconditional Media, the digital marketing team for therapists in private practice. Unconditional Media helps answer the biggest and most stressful question in the minds of every therapist. How am I going to get more clients? UM helps you clarify and amplify your message so that more people can find the help they need in you. Get started today with Google AdWords, search engine optimization, copywriting, or custom website creation at www.unconditional.media. That's www.unconditional.media. All right, today I'm sitting down with my friend, John Harrison. He's a LPC in Cincinnati, Ohio, and a deep thinker and just a really neat guy. All right, let's dive in. All right, and we are live. John Harrison, welcome to the show, and um, thanks for being here, man. I've I've been admiring kind of what you've been up to for a while. Um, and been wanting to connect with you for a while. I feel like we probably have a lot in common, so I'm glad that we finally get a chance to do that. Hey, John, thanks for having me on. I, I appreciate it, and uh, yeah, looking forward to the talk as well. Sure thing. Yeah, yeah. What's um, <clears throat> what's been going on in your world? You know, I told I told you before this interview. Um, I've been just kind of rolling freestyle with with interviews, and uh, you're a podcaster as well. So you know, I think. Over time, you've probably learned your own way of how to approach it. But, um, you know, I figured we would just wing it. And if by chance we have nothing to talk about, then that's fine, too. We'll just we could just sit here and reflect in silence for 40 minutes. We could just do the therapist thing where we have uh, really constructive silences. Yeah. Just see who's the better listener for 40 minutes. Right. I don't think that's going to be a problem, though. Um <laughs> Yeah, no, I, I like the I like the format. I, I definitely do. And I was telling you too. I I had kind of worked that in uh, towards the last I don't know five or seven episodes of my podcast where I tell the guest, hey, the record button's on, and let's just see what kind of comes up. And I think what happens is is you get a more um, free flowing or spontaneous or authentic. Uh, conversation that comes up, and I think there's a lot of value in that. Yeah, and and, and plus I, the podcast I listen to, I think w- without you know having millions of listeners, um, that's kind of what I'm attracted to mm-hmm. is that kind of feeling like I'm in the room with the with the with the people that are talking. Sure. So yeah, I think there's a lot of benefit in that. There's so many styles out there, and um, you know what? Well, what podcast do you listen to? I'm I'm really curious. I got a few. I I listen to um, well. There's Melvin's. Um, I I haven't listened as much as I used to anymore to podcasts mm-hmm. in general. But uh, and then I listen to Joe Rogan. Yeah, so do I. Oh man. Yeah, was... I listen. <laughs> so I got a couple of business podcasts that I listen to. So like Profit First, I listen to Melvin. Uh, I try to keep up with Allison's podcast um, when I can. Uh, Aubrey Marcus, which is one of Joe Rogan's friends. Yeah. I listen to his podcast. Uh, I'm trying to think of what else. Uh, that, 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 those, that's what I'm getting to lately. Sure. So, so, um, yeah, I'm a big Joe Rogan fan and, uh, right. 
Man, that that has been for some months like my way of unwinding. Uh-huh. Uh, I had inundated myself with business podcasts to the point where I started absorbing more knowledge than I could implement, which is right. a, a problem in itself to be like, oh, shoot, I have all these ideas now and I've sure. gotten all this knowledge, but I don't have enough time to do anything with it. So now I just feel behind, which is <laughs> <clears throat> which is a whole nother problem. But right. um, man, right. the Joe Rogan podcast is something else. Are you are you a, a UFC fan? No, not, not really. I, I respect the sport, but yeah. it's not doesn't it just doesn't doesn't do, do it, it for you so he he talks about it a ton on the show for those of you who haven't heard it um ultimate fighting championship it's the mixed martial arts uh you know division or the, the growing sport but his his show is so irreverent uh sometimes and you also never know where it's gonna go did you hear the one with uh tom DeLong from blink 182 him talking about ufos and aliens okay i haven't but let me write that down yeah that one will that'll take you on a trip um, I'll love it. <laughs> you'll either love it or you'll be like, this is completely insane and right. I should do something else with my time. <laughs> so, um, yeah, I guess it kind of just depends on the presentation. <laughs> so a little bit, a little bit about me. I had this flavor for like, um, alternative or conspiracy type stories. Okay. okay then you'll love <laughs> that episode. Awesome. And, and that's, you know, not so much that I, I really, buy or believe or go a certain direction. I, I'm just really curious about the unknown. And, yeah. you know, what if we gave a little bit of light and, and, and space just to see you know, what, what, what else might be true in the universe that we're not aware of? And, and aliens is a really interesting one because you have, I mean, thousands, if not more, maybe millions across the world of people who have, you know, observed uh, unidentified phenomenon or mysterious phenomenon. And it's like, that's a lot of people. It's a lot. You know, the, the, oh, the yeah. whole, I think in, I think in 19, I think it was 1997, um, half of the Metro Phoenix uh, and greater Phoenix area observed a two mile wide, um, what looked to be some type of unidentified spacecraft in yep. the air. I mean, to the point where the, the, the mayor, I think, or the governor had, <laughs> had to come on and do a press release. It yeah. was it's bizarre. And so stuff like that, I'm like, wait, wait a second. Like, he this probably had no speak. no idea what to say. Well, he didn't. Like, he nothing did. would he prepare me for this. <laughs> yeah, I think, he, I think he came out in an alien mask and cracked a joke. <laughs> and, and then, like everyone and just then, get back to work. Everyone, nothing to see nothing here. Nothing to see here. <laughs> there was no like two-mile-wide black spot floating through the sky at – you know, uh, creeping across the, the sky at 10 right. miles an hour. Right. <laughs> anyway. Um, well, there's, so there's a lot of, um, I mean, there's a lot of documented sightings, and then there's also a lot of conspiracy around what the government has potentially done to cover it up. Um, well, sure. And so that that's the interesting part, and that's a lot of what they talk about on that, that episode with Tom DeLong. It's, um, is, is the government's involvement in trying to conceal certain things. Right. Right. Well, I mean, mystery is a great aspect of, of life in general. And I, yeah. I think, you know, the, the, the need for certainty, how it expresses itself in our lives is kind of like, I don't, it's just not, one, it's not realistic. And two, it's kind of boring, isn't it? Yeah. I mean, if we knew everything that there was to know about everything, then I, I just think that life would be a little dull. 
And so, um, you know, let's say that there's a middle ground between what we think we know and what the conspiracy theories might be. Like if there's a middle ground in there, that's still a lot of information that we don't know about. That could be really interesting. Um, if we have an open mind. So that I, I just find it all fascinating. So it's, and it's interesting that some people are drawn toward that mystery and toward the possibility of kind of the unknown uh, or the mis- mysterious, right? Whereas other people, I think, tend to, um, they just want to have a belief and kind of stick to it. You know what I mean? Yeah, I mean, I, I think from a psychological perspective, I find it fascinating because it's just, it's it's our it's our mind's way of keeping us safe and grounded into a sense of reality. So, if I think I know what I think I know, that feels a lot more comforting than having endless possibilities of whatever I'm looking at or whatever scenario I'm looking at. You know, and and you know, you, even a little kind of as maybe as an aside, but you know, that's the essence of trauma, right? Yeah. And yeah. To have our have our realities dysregulated, and so that's all our brains are doing. Of course, yep. you could go along with the belief system that there's a flat earth, too. That sure. makes you feel safer, and that's not necessarily um, something I would want to believe in. But, you know, it just so it can go both ways. It's just, it's just, it's interesting, I think. Well, there's the mind's ability, the, the mind's tendency to cling to something concrete or something right. that feels more in control, right? And I think, right. uh, yeah, trauma is a, the, a, a really kind of clear context for that, but even just I think people and in, in life in general, people will kind of cling to that um, when they can because because they feel out of control. And um, this comes up a lot in session um, for 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 me and and with my clients is um, this sense of like anything can happen in life, and we resist that so heavily, and we we lament that. Um, and when when something gets disrupted, I've got to find something that feels solid as if to you know what i mean as if to negate the 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 bad thing that happened or the shocking thing that happened in my life and then i think what what people find is the deeper they go with that is life is actually pretty unstable um and and circumstances can be quite unstable and you can continue resisting that or you can lean into that and see life for for what it really is um and, and and also see that there's a painful side of that as well that maybe you didn't, you weren't, maybe you weren't privy to before, before this thing happened, but, but now you are. Yeah. Well, we live in a dualistic world, right? So there's always a, a, a flip side to, to whatever it is that, that we're experiencing. And, and, um, you know, to, to accept that would be to accept everything. And like, it's kind of like, you know, starting a private practice, um, you know, if you like just the idea or maybe even a podcast, you know, if you just like just the idea of that thing, that venture, then you're going to be really, really disappointed when you have the ups and downs, uh, namely the downs, mm-hmm. because there's always a flip side to it. And, and that's a struggle. I, I mean, for a lot of people and there's a lot of fear in that and I get it. And, um, you know, I was there and I still am learning and, mm-hmm. And growing and and um, um, yeah, I mean that that it's, it's funny how we can kind of tie a lot of different tenants into into life in general, and somehow we've gone from aliens to um, talking about you know therapy practice. But I think it's all relevant in some way, if it can be. I can say that. I think you're absolutely right. Um, I think 
Yeah, and there's, I, I, well, so my um, my friend Kelly Higdon from Zenimi recently told me she's like, you know, your business is a mirror for yourself, and I find that shockingly true. And <laughs> started thinking about all the ways in which my my businesses are are mirrors for myself and my own stuff and my own hangups. And um, there's the there's the temptation to feel like okay I've I've maybe I've learned it all or I don't need to learn more um, and there's always there's also again the resistance to the the variability of private practice and of of owning a business in general and again I think it brings that out um, it, it brings out that anxiety in a lot of people and again either you lean into it or it overwhelms you to the point where you don't do it anymore right so there's got to be a certain level of kind of tolerance for that anxiety in order to make it in this business or really any business ownership situation? It, there has to be. Uh, I've thought a lot about this uh, in the in the past, uh, especially the past couple years. And, and if I can't lean into that uncertainty or that anxiety and know that it's actually helping, you know, it doesn't feel good in the moment. It doesn't, it doesn't feel good to, I have a failure. It doesn't feel good to have your caseload drop significantly. Like, but you know, there's there's a positive side to that, ultimately, and that can help me. So it it helps you kind of surf and ride ride through those uncomfortable moments and Mm -hmm. and times. Uh, At the same time, I don't think this is for everybody. I don't I don't think that you know starting a private practice is for everybody. I don't think that starting a podcast is for everybody. Um, It doesn't mean anything more than maybe it's just not the thing for you, um, or the thing for me, it's just that when you, when you kind of find your, your ground, like your, your, your arena, your area, um, your success is going to be dictated by your choices. It's no longer, it's no longer dictated by like, Oh, well, you know, my results were this way. That means I didn't doing good or I, they were bad. It means I'm failing. It's like, no, Hey, you want to, you want to do this? You want to start your own business? you choose it and you love it and you love it means you, you you're going to take all of it you're going to you're going to take the good with the bad the lessons with the successes and everything else and it's like man then then the magic starts to happen mm-hmm. yeah that's a huge lesson and there's just a, a lot of realities that are going to hit you in the face when you're in private practice whether you're starting or whether you're 10 years into it yeah and i'm really glad you Basically, you, you said that it's not for everybody because I really believe that as well. And I've used that same, uh, I've promoted that same idea with podcasting, especially because so many people see it as like, you know, just another shiny object or another thing that I should be doing because other people are doing it and it could, it could make me a million dollars. I don't know what the kind of fallacy is there that people believe, but I think it it's the same for private practice. And um, I agree that it's absolutely not, not for everyone. And there's, there's some appeal of, um, certainly when you're in an agency or hospital or wherever, there's this appeal of being on your own and owning your time and all this stuff. But, um, we don't often talk about the challenges that are going to be kind of waiting for you there. And there's not a right or wrong decision. Um, there's, there's really not, but, um, you know, it's, it's interesting. I was, um, the grass is always greener, right? Because the longer I'm, in this business and have been on my own, which has been quite a while now, I'm, I'm, I'm prone to those thoughts as well of like, 
um, man, I could, I could hang it up and get a job and have something consistent and have, I don't know, a, a regular office to go to with coworkers and, and paid vacation and all this stuff. You know, you, you kind of dream about that, right? And you start thinking like, um, maybe my life could be better. Um, I was with, uh, just hanging out with a buddy, uh, not long ago and, you know, he's got a, he's got a great job in Charlotte at a major company. He's kind of climbed the ranks. He's, he's doing really well for, um, for his age. Like he owns a couple properties, all this stuff. And I'm like, man, he's, he's killing it. And so I'm at his, he's got this new, you know, condo in downtown Charlotte and we're there and I'm like, dude, this is just amazing. Like you've, you've made it this far and to be this young and he's like, well, he's like, I, I don't feel like I own this house. <laughs> you know, he's like, I feel like, you know, my company owns this house. He feels like I've, I haven't done anything for this. Like, I don't truly own it. And he looks at me and he's like, you know, every dollar that you earn, like you truly own that dollar. And that's, um, that's something that you went out and got. And it, it really struck me. And I'm like, you know, of course we went back and forth about it for a while. And I'm like, you ever, you absolutely own every bit of this house just as much as I own whatever I, whatever I own. But, um, he was so envious of that, like this idea that, um, that like every, every dollar was, is completely because of my efforts. Um, whereas I think he had, he's just feeling the burn of being part of something really big, but feeling really kind of small and insignificant and not, I guess not having meaning is what it what it comes down to at the end of the day. But then also my envy of him and then his envy of me. And it's like, you know, at the end of the day, which one is greater? Um, they're just they're just different, right? They're just totally different paths. But um, I just thought that was interesting. Yeah, that is. That's really that's a really fascinating take. Um, I, I, I'm, I'd be curious from his perspective if there's some hollowness to mm what looks like uh having achieved success because you know you could show it off with uh with the nice condo and the yeah you know, the uh, furnished uh con you know whatever furnishings yeah. you have and maybe a nice car or vacation time and all that stuff and um yeah i mean there is something that has a deep amount of, of meaning to doing your own business it there really there really is i i um i try to remember that i i drive, <laughs> I drive this I drive my wife's own car. It's a 2000 uh -huh. Ford Focus, and it just won't die. The engine <laughs> going and going and going, and, and you know, it's been it's paid good, off. Good promotion for Ford. Yeah, right. <laughs> um, uh, <laughs> the, and uh, it's, you know, it's just been it's been paid off for a while, so yeah. we're not going to get rid of it. And yeah, it, it's just not the car that I want. It's not the car that I like. The yeah. CD player died six months ago, so I was <laughs> AM FM radio and. <laughs> You know, but you know, it's mine and yeah. it's, it's kind of a symbol of my, where I'm at right now. And I kind of like it, you know, it's, yeah. it's kind of like, here I am, this is going to be a memory at some point, another chapter in my story when I look back and, you know, 15, 20, 30 years and say like, Oh, I remember when I was driving that, that Ford yeah. boat. Right. Right. You know? Um, and I kind of like it. Yeah. Whereas before I would have been really resentful about that aspect of my situation like damn it why does everyone else got this like right. you know totally nice new car and bluetooth system and, <laughs> and here i am putting along with my no cd player no cd player having 11 year old you know Ford. but anyway <laughs> well the car is such a, a symbol right it's such a symbol of like where you're at and also 
you see people with really nice cars who have absolutely no money, (laughs) (laughs) which is always amazing to me. And I'm like, dude, you, I know for a fact you have no money, but you've got a really nice car. (laughs) Yeah. I think, I think most of the country is like that. In fact, I think it's all just your car payment is more than your house payment more than your mortgage or your rent. Unbelievable. That's that you're probably right. That's so strange to think about that. That would ever get to that point. That's um that that's another buddy of mine, totally different friend. But he, <laughs> uh, me and my friends used to kind of rag on him for this too, because um, yeah, we we would just give him a really hard time because he bought this, he got this really, you know, he got his first decent job and he had already owned a house in a really affordable area and then got a really nice um like Toyota Tacoma like fully decked out with the big mud tires and all this and it was like this you know this great symbol of like i've arrived and i'm like dude your your car payment is more than your house payment wow uh and then at some point it's like that just becomes another debt that's kind of following you around when you realize oh either i can't afford that or i'm you know i've kind of dipped in a little bit too much oh. yeah it's just wow uh, I get it. I, I, yeah. I'm not that place in my life anymore. But um, when I was in my mid to late twenties, that that wouldn't have even been a thought. I, you know, I would have taken a significant portion of my budget and done something like that. Mm-hmm. I would have, you know, if I had the room, I would have bought the car. I would have. Mm-hmm. It just that's just where I was. But yeah, yeah I got a family now. I got kids. Um, I've got my, I got a mortgage, I've got a business and all those responsibilities that come with it. It just, just, it just doesn't even register to me that that would even be a choice. You know? so, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Things really shift around. Right. And, um, so this is, I don't know if you've heard of Tim Ferriss before. Um, he wrote a book called the four hour work week. He's like, I know Tim yeah, yeah. Yeah. He's kind of digital entrepreneur. Um, but, you know, he talks about money in the four hour work week and he talks about money and things. And basically anything that you have should not, you shouldn't rely on things to bring you joy, but rather it should be a tool um, for you. Like it should be some sort of tool that helps you do something. So yeah, if you have that big truck and it enables you to go off-roading or whatever, or fishing or hunting or whatever you want to do with it, then it's a tool, right? And that tool can, can help bring you some sense of satisfaction or joy because it enables you to do something. Um, versus just, you know, banking on this, this thing, this object, um, bringing me joy. And that, that's, I've, I've kind of been, um, you know, operating from that, that mindset a bit lately, or just since I kind of read that, because I think it's a good template for, for even making purchases. Like, is this going to enable me to do something, um, that, that could truly bring me joy or does this, does this item itself, you know, spark joy and do I need it because of that? Or do am I telling myself I need it? Um, so I, I don't know. It's, just, it's, it's interesting how we make decisions about money and about buying. And a lot of it, it becomes so unconscious. And I think fueled by um, amazing advertising and marketing and fear of missing out. And um, just, it, you know, we just do a lot of things really unconsciously. And it, it's, it's kind of amazing. Well, I, I think that there's something really powerful about that 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 point of pause where you say like, do I really need this? Is this something that's going to serve me or benefit me? If you can, whatever you decide is that the day it's not a good or bad thing, right? It's just a choice. But that moment of pause can be a really powerful moment of reflection. And I think that's kind of where we build awareness and insight and 
um, you know, the, all the things that, that make life good at, at what it is for me at, at 41 isn't because I, I've had like a really cool truck. You know what I mean? Like that's, that wasn't the thing, yeah. right? It was a, it was, like you said, it's a tool. And, um, I did have a truck at one time and it was, it was really cool. Um, <laughs> but you know, I got my focus. Um, <laughs> yeah, I've, I've rescinded as my, my <laughs> right. you just get getting smaller and smaller. <laughs> it's going to be a, old, a smart car after that. Right, right. I just have a really bike. Just <laughs> be, I'll be driving to work on a 10 speed. It'll be a bike with a CD player though. <laughs> iPod shuffle attached to the handlebars. Like who's laughing now? <laughs> yeah, my des- my uh, destitute uh, circumstances is my but my badge of honor. Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah. So money money is a tool. It's energy, right? And and it doesn't have to mean anything more than the meaning we want to give it. And that's really empowering and fr- and freeing when when we are able to look at money in that manner because money's going to come in, money's going to go out. You know, it, it's, it's, we're going to take dips and we're going to have successes, but that's, it's never going to be money in and of itself is never going to be the thing. Yeah. You know, even if we turn it into something of, you know, another material nature, like it could be a car or it could be a home. Like it's just, sure. it's always going to be just energy. And so what we do with it, you know, how we have it, you know, serve us in whatever way we want, but but ultimately what's going to kind of bring us that lasting fulfillment. That's, I think that's, that's where we're really going to start to see, um, that, uh, what we like to term as abundance, that mm-hmm. flow kind of really start to be, um, be optimized. Mm-hmm. Well, there, and, uh, from a research perspective, there is this point at which money is no longer making you happy. So there's, um, there's kind of a bell curve of sorts where, um, as you earn more money, you may start to experience more kind of satisfaction, more joy from that. And then there's a point at which you don't get any more joy. And in fact, it starts going downhill again. Um, which is super interesting, right? So the, the idea is that, um, kind of proportional to where you're at in life, um, earning more doesn't necessarily mean, more happiness. And in fact, it can mean the opposite, right? Or it can mean, um, it can mean meaninglessness, um, or, you know, more of that kind of emptiness that we, that we loathe so much. So, um, it's, it's really interesting, but they've done, you know, they've done research to, to kind of evaluate that and evaluate that tipping point where people start to earn a significant amount more money. And they realize, um, or, or they, they realize from this research that they're by no means happier than the person beneath them or from or the or the person that they that they once were well i believe that uh, i think that that's that makes sense and from my own experience um i had i had uh, kind of like a moment of reflection this past um i think it was the end of the spring i i, I kept having my my month kept um like my, my the last month kept being the most successful month i've ever had so mm-hmm. here i am i'm a my practice is full. I'm making more money than I've ever made in my life. And there was this kind of feeling of like, is this it? Yeah. You know, and it was disappointing and to say the least it, I couldn't put my finger on it, but it, I didn't feel, I didn't feel good. And I, the moment of reflection that I was having was like, you know, I remember when I was starting this up, um, the three, 
three and a half years ago, whatever. And there was a lot of like promise and excitement and creativity and time to do all these things that were an effort to have something someday. Yep. And then I, all of a sudden now I've kind of in many ways met many of my goals and I was like, I don't, this isn't really what I thought it would be. It's so interesting, right? Because the target moves. Right. So your goal was, you know, get full or get 15 private pay clients or get off insurance or whatever it was. And then you hit that and there's, there's a moment of satisfaction and then there's this sense of what, well, what now? Right. So the target moves again. Um, right. Yeah. Yeah, it, it does. And, but I, but I want to remember that feeling because it helps keep me grounded. Mm-hmm. I want to remember that it's kind of goes back into this, that science that you just mentioned, like there, there's, there's a lot of truth in that. And I think that even if we get it uh, cognitively, um, it's very easy to fall back into that um, kind of scarcity mentality or I'm yeah. lacking of something and I need to attain this and, yeah. and reach a certain goal. And, you know, that's fine. But I think the most fun I've ever had in doing any of this work was when I was like competing with myself mm-hmm. you know, and I was like creating and growing and exploring and you know, I rented this, this really cool office here in Cincinnati and I'm, I remember painting all the offices myself and just working like, you know, 12 hours a day trying to get it all set up. Uh-huh. And then at the end of it, standing back and be like, damn, I did this. Like I yeah. did it. Like that felt really good. I tell my caseload wasn't, full, mm-hmm. but I just created this thing and I got a lot of enjoyment out of that. And when that was started to, to, to go away, when I got so full to the point where I didn't have any time to create anymore, I was like, that this doesn't work for me. And, and like you mentioned, maybe my, maybe my target, my shifts, my goals shift now. And, and now I'm looking at opening up more space in my schedule and more space in my life to, mm-hmm. to do more of the things that I really enjoy. And, uh, so that's, that's kind of where things have shifted. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we. It's those moments are precious, and they're an important part of you know the, the the journey of building a business. And we don't know how precious they are until they're over, and we look back on it, you know. And it's just like the Ford Focus, right? It's a, you you kind of realize that even though there's these parts of it that you really. Um, that you're really just tired of um, and you want to be kind of past that. There's also a, like a, a kind of a sweetness to it uh, of just, just being there and knowing you're not always going to be there. Um, it's, it's so hard to see when we're in the moment though, because you could also see that same situation of like, man, here I am painting my offices. Like I could pay someone to do this or break my back. Right. It's hot. Like, um, right. you know, painting my office isn't going to, it doesn't get me any clients, but, um, so it's so easy to, you know, see that same situation and, um, and be, be down about it, I guess. But if you, yeah. if you realize and you trust that, you know, this is a part of a bigger process of building something solid, building foundation, like I'm going to enjoy these painted walls when I'm, when I am full, when I've got all the clients that I want to have, then it all kind of fits in and it all, it's all, it all makes sense and you can enjoy it along the way. Well, yeah, I mean, it's that sense of gratitude, you know, it's like bringing conscious awareness to what, what you have instead of what you don't, um, 
And, you know, that's, that's like a lifelong thing, you know, that, mm-hmm. that, that can be said for anything. I mean, it, you know, not to, to be morbid, but you know, we're going to have people that we love that are going to pass away. Mm-hmm. That's part of life. And it's like, well, you know, when that happens, we're one of the first things that we're going to reflect upon is all the things that we did with them and the time we had with them. Yeah. And so that just becomes a reminder of like, well, you know, be present now, be here now, be enjoying life and your relationship with them right now. Don't wait. Mm-hmm. It doesn't, the circumstances don't need to be any different to enjoy life. Mm-hmm. That's just the illusion that we think that they do and that they really, they don't. And that's, you know, like you said before, that's like kind of piecing out that positive, that, that uh, appreciation mm-hmm. and every, everything that we, that we do if, if we choose to, mm-hmm. if we choose to. We all, we always want things to be different. Um, and also the last thing we want to do is build a business that we resent, um, or a yeah. business that is running our life, our life, because that entirely defeats the purpose. So I, I, you know, I work with a lot of therapists and coaching and in, in my groups and whatnot. And, um, Unfortunately, we find ourselves in this situation a lot where the business is running us and we're seeing 35 clients a week or something, you know, crazy like that. And, um, you look back on it and it's like, is this what I left the agency for? Is this what I really wanted? Um, yeah, to me that just entirely kind of defeats the purpose of, of owning your time and owning your life. Um, so sometimes we, yeah, we overwork ourselves and then we've got to kind of, um, backpedal a bit and, kind of optimize our business to, to fit our life again. Yeah, I think it, I, I think that's a good example. And it kind of puts you into another growth position or like another a growth opportunity. So, you know, if I'm, if I'm seeing 35 clients a week, which I've done that before and I, I, it's not for me. Um, then the next, let's say the next logical step would be like, well, raise your rates. You know, and then of course there's resistance there because, well, what do you mean? I, yeah. I, did, am I worth that? Or, you know, what would people think of me? Or am I trying to take advantage of my clients? So whatever, whatever kind of self-talk comes up there, mm-hmm. that becomes the next growth opportunity. And then eventually, you know, say the person raises their rates, lowers the amount of clients they have to see, they work through that hurdle and then another one will come and it's this constant you know, like you said, moving the target and, and, you know, reassessing where you're at. And I I think not only is reaching the goal, uh, a really good thing to, to focus on, but man, like what lesson can I kind of take in while I'm doing that? Because then I get, then I get the best of both worlds. Well, the lesson is you've never arrived. You've never truly arrived. Yeah. I, I just, I, the more I think about it, the more I, I, I just love, like you'd mentioned before, I, I couldn't go back to a, another job. I just, I'm not meant to work for other people. Um, that's just kind of part of who I am, but I, I, I just love this whole process. I love it. I, I, I don't say I love it every moment of it, but overall, you know, I love it. And I, I was on, um, with Melvin, but almost two years ago on his podcast and I was talking about tough times starting my practice. And, and the funny thing was, in the, as, as I was doing the podcast, like I was actually having a really tough time. Mm-hmm. It, was, it was a, it was probably the, the worst period of my business since I started, um, even more so than beginning and, and, and trying, trying to, to trying to launch it. 
But I was I was talking to him about an, an analogy I really like to to consider and live through, and that is is that if I could if I could write a story about my business or my life or the combination of both, you know, it would be there would be chapters in that book, and certainly all the chapters aren't going to be just full of great times and rainbows and sunshine, right? There's <laughs> yeah. trial and challenge, and you know. They're still really interesting chapters, and they're gonna they're gonna build onto the next chapter. and And I don't want to try to rush through that to get to the the thing that I that feels better, because I'm missing out on all the stuff that I'm learning in that time of my life, or in that in that in this as far as the analogy goes in, in that chapter. And man, like when I can remember that, like I just I am fully in love with doing this business. Like I, I can't say enough about it. Um, I, I probably need to be uh, away from the office a little more than I am now, but I, I, there's just something very special about it. And I, I know it's like, I've given up the fact that I'll ever go back. I say knock on wood ever, but, but I, I just won't be able to work for somebody else anymore. And that's just not an option for me. Mm-hmm. I, I've, I've let go of that. It, and so it, this is, this is what I do. This is kind of who I am and how I, I do my life and do my business. Man, that's huge. And my, my hope would be for, for our listeners is that you can find your own way and, and the way that, that John has, um, and that you can still love this business and love, uh, you know, what it brings, what it brings to you, the opportunity it affords you, um, and even love the anxieties, love the, the challenges and the, the highs and the lows. I think that's, that's just huge um, to really embrace all of that and not wish away all of the lows and wish away the challenges and the st- uncomfortable stuff and the marketing and everything that's, that goes with it. But um, yeah, I just think that's super, that's just super valuable to appreciate all that private practice is and all that it kind of challenges in, in you. So, um, that's huge, man. And I've, I'm, I've just, I've loved hearing about your, your process with that. And again, I think it has a lot to do with kind of how we, what we talked about earlier and, and just being able to lean into the anxiety of, of running a business and the anxiety that is, is inherent in, running a business and it's parallel to life to, to handling um, kind of what comes up in life that we're never, we're, we're never arrived. We're never fully there. Um, and you, you can never be fully prepared for all the challenges that life and your private practice are going to throw at you, but you can also trust, learn to trust that you'll adapt. And even when the tough stuff does come around, you'll, you'll, you'll find a way through it. Um, Man, John, I feel like we could talk for hours about <laughs> all sorts of stuff. Um, sure. <clears throat> but yeah, so I'm gonna have to have you on the show again. We're just gonna yeah. have to make make that happen. Yeah, absolutely. I've not been great. You just reach out, and let me know, and I'd be happy to come on, and we can yeah. continue this conversation or go another direction. Talk yeah. more about foot or aliens or whatever. That, you want. that would be great. Yeah, I need to do do more alien research and bring it to the table. There you go. Um, start <laughs> have some citations for you next time. Um, so how can folks, um, get, get a hold of you and, uh, learn more about what you're doing? Cause I also know you have a podcast, um, yeah. that I've listened to that's, that's really great. Yeah, sure. Well, you can, 
you can find me at lifemadeconscious.com. So just one word, lifemadeconscious.com. And then um, you can email, email me at john at lifemadeconscious.com. Uh, True Calling Project is the name of, of the podcast. So you can find that on iTunes or Stitcher. And um, right now, I think my next kind of venture, I was just on the phone with uh, Ernesto Segasmundo mm-hmm. yesterday. And we're, we're looking at doing some type of uh, ongoing kind of like video series chat about niching. And uh, I'll be getting into more of what I talked about today on the podcast about like um, finding that that uh, part of you that's uh, really you know, it's kind of like living through the niche. It's mm-hmm. not like you're trying to you're trying to find that shiny object or that, that, that solution that's going to get you, uh, what, what you think that you want, but actually kind of like living through your, your, your true, um, kind of self. And in, in some ways it's kind of reflective of my podcast as well, but that's kind of the next thing I got coming up. Um, you can also, uh, just like, and subscribe to the true calling project on Facebook or life made conscious on Facebook. You can also just add me as a friend on Facebook at John Harrison and be happy to add you to my friends, I guess. So that's it. <laughs> Lots of good stuff. John, thanks again for being here and um, we'll, we'll catch up soon. Yeah, sounds great, John. I really appreciate it, man. Take care. All right. Thanks for joining us again for another episode. I hope you enjoyed it. Thanks also to our sponsor, Unconditional Media. Unconditional Media is the digital marketing team for therapists in private practice. If you need more clients or a steadier stream of clients, get in touch for a free consultation by visiting www.unconditional.media. There is no .com attached to the address. That's just unconditional.media. All right, that's it for this week. I'll see you next time.